This is Wisconsin Water News, a production of the University of Wisconsin Sea Grant Program. I'm your host, Marie Zwickoff. Today's episode is Freshwater Steel Corrosion Occurring Beyond Lake Superior Harbors. That's the sound of the last ship of the season entering the Duluth Superior Harbor on the western tip of Lake Superior. The Paul R. Tregurtha closed the local shipping season on January 15, 2021. Visitors to the Superior and Duluth ship canals enjoy watching these ships come and go. What they may not realize is that the structures supporting these ships, such as docks and break walls, are under a silent and slow attack. The culprits are microbes, which are corroding underwater steel structures at an accelerated rate. The problem was first noticed in 1998. Researchers, funded in part by the Wisconsin and Minnesota Sea Grant programs, eventually discovered that the microbes are working in a complicated interaction between water and the steel. Bacteria form small lumps or tubercles on the steel. The lumps limit oxygen and allow small amounts of copper in the water to interact with and dissolve the steel, which results in pockmarks and holes that compromise steel structures. In addition to the Duluth Superior Harbor, the corrosion was found in other Lake Superior Harbors located in Wisconsin, Michigan, Minnesota, and Canada. Along with partners, Gene Clark, retired Wisconsin Sea Grant coastal engineer, devoted considerable energy into ferreting out the causes of and ways to mitigate this corrosion, which can lead to costly harbor infrastructure replacement. A group of experts brought together to investigate the issue in 2004 blamed water chemistry specific to Lake Superior. However, those still tracking the issue have discovered this microbially-influenced corrosion problem is more widespread. It's being found in inland lakes in northern Minnesota and in the St. Louis River far upstream from Lake Superior. Chad Scott, principal at AMI Consulting Engineers, initially alerted Harbor Industries about the corrosion in 1998 when he was a diver inspecting structures in the Duluth Superior Harbor. Scott said during the past few years, his company has worked with the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers to place steel samples, or coupons, in the St. Louis River at the Thompson Dam and the Minnesota towns of Scanlon, Cloquet, and Cotton. Scott reports what they found. In every single location along the river, have the same tubercles on them. Okay, so what that tells me is what's coming to the harbor is also is coming down naturally from the inland Minnesota, coming down the river system. Scott said his firm designed and oversaw replacement of gates on the Fond du Lac Dam and the Sappy Dam along the St. Louis River in Cloquet. And they're all heavily pitted. Very mm-hmm. just looks just like the harbor corrosion. He's also had friends report biocorrosion on their docks on Fish Lake, Island Lake, and Grand Lake. He's seen firsthand the dock posts covered by corrosive tubercles on those lakes. 
Randall Hicks, Professor Emeritus at the University of Minnesota Duluth, has worked for years to understand the microbiology behind the corrosion. He said he has seen the tubercles on his own dock on Bars Lake near Two Harbors. He has also identified them in photos from a dock on Wilson Lake near Cotton. I don't think it's just a regional problem. I think that um, it's happened all along for a long time in places where the conditions are right. Those conditions include the presence of sulfate-reducing bacteria and iron-oxidizing bacteria, a source of dissolved sulfate and iron, and low oxygen conditions such as those sometimes found in spring water. Hicks described how the process begins when a clean sheet of steel is placed in water. And it's kind of an interesting story because basically different bacteria will attach to surfaces and form a biofilm first on steel. Dental plaque is a common example of a biofilm. Microorganisms multiply and create a thin but tight layer on teeth. In this case, the biofilm layer is on steel. As that biofilm grows, and we see a lot of iron oxidizing bacteria, and they're aerobic organisms. As they start to use the oxygen in the biofilm and it gets thicker, the area of the biofilm next to the steel surface becomes anoxic and devoid of oxygen. And we start to see sulfate-reducing bacteria become common. And it's really some of their activities, and in combination with some of the activities of the iron oxidizers in that biofilm, which accelerates loss of steel from the surface of metal. Jim Sherrow, retired director of planning and resiliency with the Duluth Seaway Port Authority, said the corrosion bacteria are not an invasive species. Our question when we were looking at this is, is it, could it be something that, that, um, that's like an invasive species? And, and no, the, um, the iron-reducing bacteria that was discovered that was causing the corrosion in the Duluth Harbor was, it was, it was indigenous to this area. It's all over. Previous research identified coatings that can be used to protect the steel. Hicks is now working on ways to fool the bacteria in the first place. He and Mikhail Elias, associate professor from the University of Minnesota Twin Cities, have found that adding a lactinase enzyme into a steel coating can reduce the biofilm produced, change the biofilm community, and reduce the amount of corrosion. The lactinase enzyme works by destroying signaling molecules that the bacteria on steel produce to sense each other, in essence fooling the bacteria into thinking they are alone so that they don't turn on genes to produce a biofilm. The non-toxic coating enzymes only last a month or two before degrading or diffusing out of the coating, but Hicks said that, compared to untreated steel, the enzymes have reduced corrosion by 50% for at least two years, which was the length of their study. Hopefully it will have an impact even further out. And if you would expect a steel structure maybe to last 100 years when you're putting it in, and you're a shipping business, and uh, you're going to plan to replace it every 100 years. But all of a sudden, now you have to replace it every 50 years because of the corrosion. That's a big economic impact. And that's just maybe doubling the corrosion rate. So if we can reverse it in the opposite direction, we don't have to have a, maybe a big impact to really extend the life quite a, quite a ways down the road. The University of Minnesota has applied for a patent for the lactinase enzyme coating. Hicks and Elias have also conducted tests in Lake Minnetonka and the Mississippi River, 
to see if the same mechanism in the enzymes that inhibits biofilms from forming on steel inhibits larger invasive and nuisance organisms like zebra mussels and barnacles from attaching to underwater structures. Elias said their experiments, funded by the Minnesota Environment and Natural Resources Trust Fund, were successful. More recently, they added sites in seawater. Their pilot experiments in Florida show promise. Until the lactinase enzyme coating becomes commercially available, what should cabin dock owners do to protect their steel from biocorrosion? Shero has some suggestions. And basically what, what we found with it is like if your dock, if you remove it every year, all you've got to do is paint it and keep paint on it. All you've got to do is, is remove the water from touching the steel. And you could use epoxy, but if it's something that's removed every year, you could just use uh, Rust-Oleum. Beyond docks, enzyme technology might also work on farm crops and even in people. Elias said he is testing whether a lactinase enzyme spray can protect corn from a common bacterial infection called Gross's wilt. Cystic fibrosis patients are prone to bacterial pneumonia, which forms in a biofilm. And one of our goals is potentially one day to use this enzyme as an aerosol so that we could prevent these, bio, these, these enzymes to form biofilms in the lungs. Essentially, everywhere it, it appears from our set of experiments that everywhere microbes are creating some sort of nuisance, this enzyme, because it changes the behavior of bacteria, can be helpful. And so we have a lot of different investigations to do, and we're trying our best to to pursue some of these directions as, as hard as we can. Hicks gave credit to the first groups that paid attention to the biocorrosion. It all kind of grew out of some of these initial studies we had here with the Sea Grant and, and working with Gene Clark and the other people who were working on corrosion. Other organizations involved include the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers and the Great Lakes Maritime Research Institute. That's it for this episode of Wisconsin Water News. Just one of the ways that Wisconsin Sea Grant promotes the sustainable use of Great Lakes resources through research, education, and outreach. Listen and subscribe to us through Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play, or at seagrant.wisc.edu. Thank you to Jim Shero, Randall Hicks, Chad Scott, and Mikhail Elias, and thank you for listening.